Hello again and welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham, another quick fire game and this one an absolutely terrible one against Southampton. 1-0 loss but there was nothing there to even remotely be positive about from my point of view. It was just absolutely terrible. We had little tiny bits where we looked like we were going to start doing something and then it just never materialised and the really annoying thing is that Southampton weren't particularly good they didn't need to be to beat us and it's just you want to be getting in top four you've got to be beating teams like that and do a professional job and then Harry Kane's injured as well so just a pretty awful start to the year <laughs> I really hope it's not starting as we mean to go on in 2020 with a, a terrible loss and a terrible performance but uh, FA Cup next weekend and then the dreaded game against Liverpool which at this moment in time with our defending could be absolutely anything uh, but the Southampton game has finished earlier today, so let's talk Tottenham. So the first half today, I didn't think we actually started too bad. I thought we showed a bit more commitment and desire than we have in previous weeks. Uh, they had an early free head of Southampton, which then kind of put paid to that after a couple of minutes. But in terms of getting into people, I thought we, we started off a lot, lot better than we have done in previous weeks. Um, yeah, the early header, like, I mean, this was a theme of the, of the half. Uh, slow to get over to stop the crosses. Uh, and, and, and when we do get over, not even stopping the crosses. Really. There was a lot of not even attempting to stop the cross and just dallying over there. Like Sissoko at the end of the first half was particularly guilty of it and Sessegnon at the start of the second half. Uh, but the cross goes in and then I don't know who, who the guy was but he's got a completely free header and really should have been putting that on target uh, but yeah as well as I thought we started in terms of, of closing down you know it doesn't take that long these days for us to get back into these bad habits again uh, but then the game kind of opened up it looked like it was going to be an end-to-end -end game with a lot of space going forward Kane was dropping in little bit getting a lot of space, Mora as well, oh, I like Mora obviously because what he did for in that Ajax game but other than that he seems to, he's like an octopus, he's got too many, almost too many legs, he keeps, doesn't know which one to dribble the ball with, just keeps getting tangled up and then he kind of trips over his own feet almost. Uh, but Kane was unlucky with a shot but he should have passed it to, to, to Sissoko who was free on, on on, on the right um, but then I guess Harry came and he's got a sight of goal he isn't going to pass is he uh, so he's within his rights to have a shot there but he did um, got a little deflection and went out for a corner which is, might as well be a goal kick because we just can't beat the first man on this one this game just put it straight into the keeper's arms uh, Ndombele I thought played really well drifting past players he's superb at getting the ball turning, keeping the ball, drifting past a couple of players. Uh, but then without Sun there, who's still suspended his last game, suspended due to that moronic kick out against Rudiger in the Chelsea game. Without him, there's no movement up front. So he gets the ball, ghosts past a couple of players. Eriksen gets the ball looking for movement, defenders as well. And there's no movement. We're forced to go back or, or side to side. Uh, it should change next week, I think, with Sunback. 
because he'll he'll move and then that will in, encourage other people to move and it will create space. Um, but I thought, yeah, Ericsson didn't do much. He had a couple of bad passes where he was trying to spread the ball, but like you know, there's no movement for him. He's forced to play those passes, which a lot of the time don't come off. Um, but I thought we actually looked quite dangerous. But then Ndombele got his injury, whether it was an injury. I saw someone on Twitter say that doesn't want to play, gets a little knock. Oh, I don't want to play, I'm injured, which I'm not sure about that. But does seem to be made of glass a little bit. One little kick and then he's off. But as soon as he went off, we lost a lot of attacking potency and threat. So I don't know the, the answer to that, really. Um, without him... In that midfield, I mean, we like a one-man team. We need Ndombele to, to play. Otherwise, we have no runners or, or space created. Same as Sun. Um, I mean, Ali as well. I mean, uh, it's got to be his worst game. Like he, he could not pass the ball. He couldn't pass the ball five metres. It was just every time he had it, his control was awful and he lost the ball. Or he tried to pass and just under-hit it or over-hit it, and it was just absolutely terrible. If I was out for a meal with him and I needed the salt, I'd go get it myself, because I don't think he'd have been capable of passing it to me. It was just terrible. He should have come off. It was crying out for Lamella, I thought. should have been Ali off uh, and Lamella on, although in hindsight you would have kept Ali on because of the Kane injury, but before that you weren't to know that Kane would get injured, and, and Ali was just having one of those games. But... He started well with uh, Mourinho, you know, the West Ham game. He kind of ran the game a little bit. Played well against Man United in terms of his goal, anyway. Uh, and now he's reverted back to just doing absolutely nothing in games. He used to be the one, along with Lamella and Son, I think, who would start the, the pressing up top. So he'd start the pressing, close people down, have a lot of energy, which would then go through the team. But Ali's just ghosting through games at the moment, not really doing anything. Um, but yeah, so I thought we did look quite good and it could be that uh, Ndombele going off meant that he didn't have the space to operate. But even so, I can play a pass five metres and I'm awful. I can play a pass five metres and he, he gets paid God knows how much and can't do it at all. Uh but yeah, Ndombele went off and then the game kind of changed a little bit. So we it was just became a boring, boring game after like 15 minutes of it looking like it might go end-to-end. Gineppo, he, he, he's a good player, trickery, ch- tricky player, but it was too easy for him to get his shot off when it came in from the from Southampton left to him on the edge of the box. And then it was a fairly poor shot from him, but for some reason, Gazaniga decided to make it look good by pissing around with it and... and letting it spill. Absolutely terrible. It wasn't a particularly hard shot. It was close to him. So why he spilled that, I do not know. But like I said on previous episodes, we need a new goalkeeper because Loris is, is past it, I think, making too many mistakes. And now Gazaniga starting to make him. Uh, the goal then came. Ings, who's on absolute form at the moment, but it was too, too easy for him. It was just... I mean, there was so much space in the middle for them, like the Norwich second goal. It's too much space for them to move, look up, turn, run, pass, move into space. And, and the same again, really. 
the long ball's just put into space and there's no one anywhere near him. But, you know, Alderweireld was there, so you're thinking, okay, that's all right, but the way Tottenham are at the moment, you knew that was a goal as soon as uh, uh, Ings got there first. But Alderweireld, very uncharacteristically, sells himself, decides to try and like get the ball instantly, and then basically makes uh, Ings' mind up for him to flick it over his head, and then as soon as he's one-on-one -on -one there, there's only one outcome. I don't think anybody who was watching the game there or on TV thought, okay, Ings is missing this. But Toby selling himself, like, keep him there, keep him there. But you know, Ings has seen him come storming in, so go, okay, I'll flick this over his head. But like, if he just leaves him there, he's got a decision to make. And does he try and take him on, being that the defender hasn't sold himself and he's, you know, showing him out wide? Or he has a quick early shot to try and catch Gazaniga unawares. But at least then that shot wouldn't be a one-on-one. -on -one, so would you, you'd favour Gazaniga a little bit there. But two issues, yeah, you know. I mean, where was uh, Sessignon? He must have been far up the pitch to not even be anywhere near it. Um, just absolutely shocking from start to finish that move. The silly long ball, like, it wasn't even a... a, a it, it was a ball to say to the attack, go go win it, go chase it. It's, it's the kind of ball that Leicester play for Vardy all the time and the only difference being that Vardy is lightning quick so nine times out of ten gets there first. But it, it was a terrible, terrible goal. Gazaniga couldn't do anything about it. But again, there's so much space between the midfield and the defence. I mean, it looked like a balanced team with four at the back, four in midfield or five in midfield and then Kane. But it looked like, oh, absolutely shocking. I think without Dyer in there, and then Dyer is just, he's got the turning circle of a tank these days, the injury and the appendicitis has um, shot his season down on Wanyama. I have no idea what's happened to him, but again, injury has completely destroyed his form. But without someone in there, it just stays there. We're too open. Like Sissoko will run forward. That's great. But then so does Ndombele. And, you know, I mean, I can't even remember who came on. Oh, Lo Celso. Like, he's going to go forward as well. Although he didn't really do much. He did a few nice bits. He looks really, really lightweight and not used to Premier League at all. But then that's to be expected coming from the league he was in. Not really getting any chances to play. But it, without someone there as the kind of Makaleli player, like back in 2016-17, we had... Die there and Dembele and or Wanyama. All three of those a good discipline to play there. Dembele would go further forward a little bit, but he wouldn't really cross the halfway line too many times. Give it to someone like an Ericsson or or, or a son or whoever. And then they'd do the business. But now we've got Sissoko who wants to go forward and Dembele wants to go forward. Similar to Dembele, but he'll, he'll run further with it and go further forward. Winks, when he plays, wants to go forward. Dyer, who, who will stay back, but, you know, isn't, hasn't got the reactions he used to have. And we're getting cut apart and, and games are too wide. We've got Liverpool coming up. If, if the game is wide there, wide open there, we are going to get destroyed. 
being that we can't keep a clean sheet and we'll invite them onto us, we will get destroyed. Uh, yeah, and Dumbele going off. He looked, he was the best player for us, but is he injury prone or is he just a bit wimpy? Like, oh, I might get kicked. I don't want to play like the, the person on Twitter I saw said. No idea. Uh, again, a slow play. As soon as he went off, the, the play was so slow. No movement. That's why. And then that's backward passing. Uh, Everton said, he, he, you know, in the summer, didn't he, about leaving. Like Tottenham tick a lot, a lot of boxes. If a team doesn't come in who's better, why wouldn't I stay at Tottenham? But I've read that he, he wants to leave in January with Inter Milan leading the way. Now, Inter Milan aren't a better team than Tottenham. They might be this season, I guess, but like in terms of Champions League, they're not in that. They're in the Europa League. So if he wants to leave and go there, then he's just like sold us a merry dance, really. But it looks to me like he's uh, knows he's leaving and is playing for a move to a big club because he's not really challenging in for stuff. He's not really sticking his foot in. He has done in the past, but yeah, he wasn't today. But then you could argue that with anybody. Uh but yeah, like, I mean, we did have some chances. He had a free kick, which Kane should have scored. Could have controlled it first, but in the end, he tried to hit it um, and just airshotted it. It was offside, though, so I think VAR would have um, called that back. Uh, we had a couple of penalty decisions. The biggest one, Ali, from a shot from Kane, which I'm, I'm characteristic from him, straight at the keeper. Uh, but spilled it out to Ali, and then he kind of tumbled over the keeper. But I think VAR got that correct. It looked to me like the uh, Ali played it, tried to control it, obviously, and didn't. Tried to control it, and the keeper flicked it away, and then Ali went over. So I think that was the right decision. But from that corner, one of the only corners we've ever had, I think, where it beat the first man and the keeper, the Tongan misses from like a yard. like Absolutely... So we've got to take those chances. And then right at the end of the half, as I said, Sissoko ambling in to block a cross, ambling to Southampton's left. I don't know who the, the player was. It might have been Bertrand. Ambling across and then nowhere near to block the cross. Like I mean, that's desire and that's effort and that was severely lacking. Uh, and it's criminal, really. Like I mentioned, I'm terrible, but at least I can close people down. But then I don't have the fitness of these players, so... I don't have the fitness, so I can't close them down. But these people are training every day. I'm going to be fit as a fiddle, and just ambling across. And that's not the Sissoko that got into the team and like fans, majority of fans loved. Ambling across. It's just absolutely terrible. Shocking. And it's just an indication of what we've become now. And then Mourinho style, it's all hit and hope. I mean, the amount of long balls that didn't go anywhere were, was... I was just, I can't count how many there were of those, but out, when have you last seen us playing like that, you know, before this Mourinho thing, that trying to actually play, we've, we've done and it's not come off, but like just hoofing it is just shocking, shocking. Right, it's so all that ranting and raving and we haven't even reached the second half yet. Uh, first half was pretty poor and, bloody awful but I thought the second half was shocking I'd be upset if I was watching an amateur game like the dog and duck versus the bull and that that was a standard 
Uh, so we'll call this half time and then I'll have another moan. I shouldn't have done this podcast on the same day because I'm still cheesed off about it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to curb the swear and I think I've done quite well being that how awful we were. Um, but anyway, back in a bit. So that was the first half, welcome back. Um, that was the first half and the second half. <laughs> I have no idea what Mourinho said to the players at half time. I don't think it was anything tactical. I think it must have been what did everyone do for New Year's and Christmas because nothing changed. If anything, it was even worse. Like the start of the half, you had you had uh, Sissoko right at the end of the first half, not blocking the cross and ambling over. Set, start of the second half, you have Sessignon doing the same thing. Just backing off, backing off, backing off, not even engaging him. You know, Sessignon's quick. Go into him, go, close him down. If he tries to take you on, you've got pace, so you've got a good chance of keeping up with him and getting rid of the ball. Don't back off and let him put a cross in. And then they have a header, which didn't go in. But like, I mean, talk about encouraging the other team. Just nonsense, absolutely nonsense. And so what was said at half-time? You know, a lot of people were saying, and I was saying it, when, when Pochettino was struggling this season and people were saying, Mourinho in, you know, be careful what you wish for. Now, I, I say that, be careful what you wish for based on how we're playing, which is awful, and the players not being able to be motivated seemingly, but then that's a criticism that you could argue with Pochettino this season as well, so I accept that, but... And I accept that uh, apparently before this game, we were the only Liverpool had got more points from in the Premier League than we had since Mourinho started. But he started off quite well. The honeymoon period has completely finished, and now we're we're, we're looking awful. But you know, so is he going to just play defensively to try and keep that defence and, and goals out, and therefore? Our attack will be almost non-existent. I'm not sure. But we didn't look like scoring today. I know we didn't have Sun, but we've still got Ericsson, Ali, Morva and Kane up top. Um, you know, quality players on their day. And then we just didn't look like scoring at all. But yet we always look like conceding. So it'll be very, very interesting what he does now, looking like Kane won't play. Uh, for this Liverpool game because if we play like we are at the moment and, and getting out, cut open by Southampton and Norwich Christ knows what Liverpool are going to do to us God knows what yeah uh, so yeah so are we then going to see a super defensive team I mean January will be interesting because we have to sign players and move players on and, and freshen it up and, and start getting in the players that Mourinho wants. He, he's talking a good game, saying he's happy with the players and blah, 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 but he can't be. Can't be. And every manager will say that, you know, trying to appease the fans if, if, if they're one, a manager that divides opinion like Mourinho is. Uh, but in his mind, he won't be happy, certainly with that defence. Uh, if Ericsson leaves, then, you know, we have very little creativity at all. So we have to have a like for like. We get Bale in, and you know that might galvanise the players a little bit and give them a bit more motivation, maybe. Uh, but still, not going to solve the problem when Eriksson leaves of the, the playmaker unless we completely change our, our the way we play. But like hitting it up top is fine 
if you've got a player who can do that, A, and if it goes to one of your players, B. Like, I, I love Kane, but his, his weak part of his game is the hold-up play. And speaking of Kane as well, before he went in, off injured, all this great talk, and, and rightly so in this the Brighton second half, about him tracking back and putting a real captain's performance in, rightly so. But where's that performance been in the, the Norwich away game when we needed you know, to galvanise the players? And in this game, you know, it's all very well doing it when you're 2-1 up at home. But, you know, Roy Keane did it every single game. John Terry did it every single game. You know, so if you're going to do it, that's fine. Just make sure you keep doing it. Um, but, yeah, like, um, I have no idea how we did not give a penalty away. I thought VAR, well, it's just shocking anyway, isn't it, this season, but the ball got blasted at Toby's arm, but it was about 10 metres away. So it wasn't like your blasted point-blank range and it just hit his arm. And Toby's raised his arm a little bit, probably to shield his face, but he has moved his arm into an unnatural position. VAR, look at it. I don't even know what they were looking at because how is that not a bloody penalty? But then Southampton didn't really moan from what I saw. And I'd, I'd have been livid if that was me and it didn't. I didn't get a penalty for that. But, you know... Like I said, though, he just looks so shaky at the back. You know, he's got his new contract, but then after that, he's looked absolutely shocking. Uh, I, I said on Twitter today before the game, I'd, I'd have been happier with Sanchez playing because I think he's been our best defender and he's on the bench, possibly vested. But I don't think it helps. The back four and the keeper, for me, as a manager, need to be pretty much the same most games as long as you can. Because you have to have the communication there because the communication between them four or five is key, I think, to you know, keeping a good line and, and so everyone knows their jobs. But you keep chopping and changing. Although, to be fair to Mourinho, Toby and Sanchez have been the main two. So, to be fair to him on that one, it was just this one that was changed. So, possibly give Sessignon a game to see how he did. Uh but yeah, Gazaniga doesn't fill me with confidence anymore, but then neither does Loris. But I would be picking Loris when he's back over Gazaniga now because I, I think he's making too many mistakes. And I don't think his positional sense is very good. That first goal for Norwich was pretty much in the middle of the goal and he's standing over to the left. Uh, and he got a hand to it and then didn't do anything. Um, so yeah, so... And then, you know, we, we do get a goal... From a good free kick, I think it was Le Celso who played it, I think. Uh, so it was a good delivery, and then Kane tucks it in. But it was given offside, and again, it's one of those which looked like his arm or shoulder was offside, which... Oh, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's out of order because we should have scored that, and VAR's terrible, because uh, Sheffield United got a goal disallowed that was even closer than that. But what I will say is Graham Souness's comment on Sky... After the Liverpool Wolves game, which, you know, the Liverpool game coming from a Van Dyke handball, which I don't think would have made a difference to the goal, so I'm happy with it standing. But Sky didn't even mention it in commentary. They mentioned it in passing in punditry, you know. If that was any other team or against Liverpool, they'd been going mad about it. But anyway, neither here than there. The Wolves goal that got disallowed, absolutely ridiculous. Literally like a toenail. As soon as his comment of, you know, now it's if any part of your body is offside, even by a millimetre it's offside, so why not change it to if any part of your body is onside, 
gets given. I mean, it's a spot on question from him, I think, because, you know, it's so easy to see, isn't it? You don't need 300 replays and 500 minutes to decide it. It's literally, wow, his foot's on side, done, goal. You know? So Kane's shoulder offside, which he didn't see, you know, and, and people saying it's, you know, like Nieto for Wolves, his shoulder was offside. He scored with his foot, so it wasn't him, was it? It was Cody, I think. But he crossed it with his foot. Kane scored with his foot. So all of these decisions are just absolute nonsense. But, you know, or even say, like, you know, as soon as this thing go go halfway between, say, the part that he scores with is onside, or crosses with it is onside, then it's a goal. Uh, but then... He stretched for it, and then the inevitable alarm bells. He's got a hamstring strain and goes off instantly for Lamella. No Parrot on the bench either, which was odd. No striker on the bench. I hope he gets a game against Middlesbrough and a full game. I hope he doesn't just stick Sun up top or Ali up top. I hope he gives Parrot a chance, and then I really don't know what you do against Liverpool, to be honest. Um... But give Parrot a chance. Don't don't leave him out in the cold. If you're going to do that, send him out on loan somewhere to get him some game time because he's a quality player. I mean, you don't score as many goals in the under-23s or the reserves as he has without being a good player. So give him some game time. Um, but I, I hope he does that. And hopefully Kane, you know, being that they didn't, let him play on or anything like that and presumably went straight to the medical facilities or whatever. Uh, it's not a long one, so he's only out for a few weeks. Misses a few games. Hopefully it's nothing more serious than that. Uh, but you never know with hamstrings. Depends how bad it is. But he, he does generally come back from injuries fairly quick. Um, so touch wood. That's the case here as well. Uh, but give power a chance. See what he can do. Leave Sun when he comes back on the left, where he seems to be most effective this season. Yeah. Stick Lamella in for Ali if Ali's going to keep playing like that. Uh, but what else happened? I mean, the yellow card for Jose as well is ridiculous. A yellow card? Like, I'd give him a red card, give him a talking to, or just don't say anything. Like, a yellow card? Like, I guess the only way it's, it's going to be effective is if he carries on moaning, then he gets a second yellow card, and then he's sent off. But a yellow card, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but everyone's saying, oh, you know, Mike Dean referee, and oh, he should never be allowed to man it, the referee one of our games. I thought he actually did quite well. Uh, he didn't give a few yellow cards to Southampton players, but, you know, referees just miss yellow cards all the time. But in terms of the game, I thought he actually did quite well uh, Ali again I mean we've had Sun showing petulance now Sun uh, and now Ali trying to kick the keeper the only thing he tried to kick which actually connected and he did what he wanted to do like, it was the only thing because it certainly weren't any bloody passes or shots or anything like that that came off but kicking the keeper he can do that can't he absolutely ridiculous maybe you want to start learning to pass the ball and be able to pass the ball five metres before you start going kicking goalkeepers Absolutely ridiculous. But after that performance, I'd drop him for the Liverpool game. You know, that Liverpool game, we cannot afford to be carrying any passengers. Any. Everyone's got to be on it and, and 
you know, whether they will be. I mean, judging on previous performances, I don't think we will, but we'll come to Liverpool in a minute. But I'd be dropping him for that, showing petulance like that. And then, well, at the end, Shane Long comes on, which I was worried about. I thought the the, the, the full-back positions are where we, we've struggled in this game, just not closing them down. So I thought, Southampton, they'll be looking on the counter-attack now. Long is really, really quick. Uh, they'll be pinging it down the channels like that for him to chase on with no one uh, closing down. But that, that didn't happen, thankfully. But then he did win a header, I think, which just went wide. But he beat the Tongan in the air. And it wasn't like Long had run from five metres in. It was both standing. Like, How is the Tongan losing a header against Shane Long? He must have at least half a foot on him. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. It's from a corner. Uh, but yeah, so many disappointing things in that game. So many. Absolutely just a shambles, really. And then you think like against the, uh, not Burnley, uh, Brighton. And then Norwich. It'll be like happened. You know, obviously a rocket from Mourinho in the first at half time, come out in the second half, different team, and it was even worse. So, I mean, there's an issue there. It was an issue with Pochettino as well. The players didn't look motivated, didn't look interested. And we all said, oh, that's because Pochettino's singing from the same hymn sheet he has done for the last five years and the players need refreshing. They got that refresh with the new manager, with the new ideas. Started all right for the first few games. Man United was god-awful. Uh, Wolves, we didn't play that well, but we showed a bit of grit and determination to get the win. And that's completely gone out the window now. So, what the hell is the issue? Is it we need a complete squad revamp, which Pochettino said, but Levy didn't listen to, and then it's Pochettino's fault and he gets fired? It's the same thing going to happen to Mourinho? Or is he, you know, I can't imagine Mourinho being a yes man. I know he's saying all the right things, but he's not a yes man. I can't imagine that that's going to happen. But something has to happen in this transfer window. If we keep this same squad and we want to get top four, then whoever's deciding that is dreaming, quite frankly, because, I mean, they are good enough because they're the team who got into the top four previous seasons, but they're getting older now and, and losing lack of, losing interest. So it needs revamping, it needs refreshing, it needs new people there. The bale would, would, would be, like I said, a bit of a morale boost, maybe. Uh, I still can't see that happening. He's on like 500 grand a week. We can't afford that. We can't even afford half of that. Uh, so something has to give there. But like, will he leave Madrid? I don't know. But something we have to buy something. We have to buy a good defensive midfielder who will, like a die, just sit there, but who can... Challenge and there was no tackles flying in, you know. Wanyama used to stick his foot in and foul people, but at least he'd be like, I'm here. Dyer used to do the same. There was none of that, none of that at all. Not even from Sissoko. That's why Lamelo had to come on. At least he puts himself about, you know, shows a bit of desire and determination and, and willingness to do that kind of stuff, but there was none, absolutely none of it. And it's just an absolute bloody shambles from start to So that's my assessment of the game. I think I've done very well not swearing there or swearing only a couple of times after that horrendous performance. I mean, we're going to have our own competition among Spurs fans here about which is the worst performance of the season. There's been a lot of contenders already. Chelsea, 
which would be my one because it was at home against a big rival and there was no motivation. Brighton away from home and now this. I mean, how many more are we going to have? But, but I, I don't know how to change it. Like, is Mourinho not motivational enough now? You know, I mean, this is the way he, you know, hoofing the ball up. He played at Chelsea, but he had Drogba up there who was a beast and could hold the ball up. We've got Kane, who's not that kind of player, and Parrott, if he plays up top, or Son, not exactly big people, so that's not going to work either. But that's what I meant when I said, like, when he was at United, that he was a bit of a dinosaur. Those tactics work with certain players and everything like that, but, you know, where was the free-flowing football that we saw against West Ham? I know they were terrible and let us play like that, but where was it? Uh, but as I say, FA Cup... I don't know what he'll do with that because it's a realistic chance of us winning the trophy if we can get a bit of luck. But then you've got to keep everyone in the squad happy. So I'd be upset, like I said, if Parrot doesn't play. Tanganja as well. Give him a game. Skip. Keep the cavalry on the bench. Uh, Son, you'd probably play for half an hour minimum just to get him a bit more fresh after missing three games. So he's fresh for the Liverpool game. Um... And that Liverpool game is really, really worrying me now. Uh, <laughs> they are free-scoring, free-flowing, and they're not the team that when they get 2-0 in front, OK, we'll take the 2-0 and we'll, we'll move on to the next one. They want to score as many as possible. Uh, and with our lack of closing down in wide areas, and they've got Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, they're going to have a field day. Uh, so I, I really worry about that. I, I honestly think that could be about a 6-0 in the first half if we're not careful. Uh, no, we haven't got our talismanic striker. We've got Sun back at least, so that's a bit of a boost. Uh, but, you know, like I've said before, when things aren't going his way, he gets in a bit of stress and then does stupid things. Um, so let, let's hope I'm wrong, you know, get a bit of confidence and, and hey, reserve players, fringe players, get in a game against Boa and then turn up for this Liverpool game. Uh, so that's it for this week. That's the end of my ramblings. Uh, so come on, you Spurs. Let's get our season back on.